Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. In 1973, the New York City Police Department created a hostage negotiation team. It's not up against the gun. It's up against the man's mind. When you're defusing a human bomb, it's the same as when you're taking apart a real bomb. If you skip a step, it's going to blow up right in your face. Talk to Me tells the high-stakes true story of the world's first hostage negotiation team. It changed policing forever. Talk to Me. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. The church is going to mandate. Get it on. And welcome to CarCast. Matt and Pearl. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. Uh, we got Mike Shank of Meyer Shank Racing coming in here. One Daytona two times in a row now or three times? Two times in a row. And then Ilio Castronevis, who's on his team, won three in a row. But he was on, I think it was with Penske or somebody before that. I forgot which team he was on. But yeah, two times in a row. So they're coming off of a very, very exciting start of the year. Yeah. That's a uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, they're kind of the premier endurance race team right now, are they not? It, it seems like they they are, um, and they were out there with a new car, which I'm sure Mike can get into. You and I saw it. It's the new, uh, the Acura Hybrid that we saw in Monterey. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, they were walking us through that car and sort of the new design and the new arrow and the hybrid drivetrain for the whole thing and and interesting that a a a new car like that uh did so well so reliable so fast yeah it's uh i I don't know what they won by you know those those endurance races sometimes crazily come down to the last lap and then other times guys win by you know 14 minutes or 31 minutes or something yeah that's a good question um they 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 were pretty dominant the entire race. I think they were on the pole mm-hmm. uh, to begin with, um, and uh, th- it was it was interesting. Um, I watched. I think it was NBC Sports did like this great, like forty five fifty minute like recap video of the entire twenty four hours. And if you watch that, you get this wonderful overview of the whole thing. But also in this class that they run in, they won first in their class and overall. The coverage of motorsports is really been kicked up several notches yeah. over the last few years. Like 
you know, the coverage of other sports, football, basketball, baseball, it's sort of remained. They have a couple innovations. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's definitely higher def and there's a few more cameras and they positioned a few cameras in a few places. But ostensibly watching a football game, you know, watching the Super Bowl from the 70s, the 80s or the 90s till now, it's essentially the same experience. Um, racing nascar all, all endurance sports things like that uh i mean they got the cameras on the helmet they got the cameras in the car they got that nice arrow thing that tight yeah. arrow thing when all the cars are bunched up and it's got the names of the drivers and the arrows yeah. pointing to the cars and stuff like they've done some of them run nice- the cameras off to the side so when someone else is coming up behind you or close you get their point of view and the car's point of view the yeah car's point of view like it's Interesting because we could make them so small and stream it all over like Wi-Fi or, or however they're doing it now. It's 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 pretty interesting. Yeah, it was just for years, just sort of watching the cars go in circles, like you're up at the top of the bleachers, you know, just right. the, of the of the stadium or of the track, just watching them go around. And now they've they've pinpointed it, pinpointed it, I should say. All right. Well, a big announcement. I'm going to be taking a little sabbatical from the show. Um, I'm going to be taking a sabbatical from a few of my shows. Um, Why? I'm really just trying to free up some time for myself. I got a bunch of projects going on. I've been sort of doing dozens of podcasts a week for over a decade. Yeah. And I realized... And been on the road a lot. And been on the road a lot. (laughs) A lot. Too. And between being on the road and just having this slate of podcasts, uh, I'm going to trim some down. Now, doesn't mean they're not coming back. It doesn't mean they're not going to... You know, you can still listen to Shift and Steer and CarCast with uh, Bill and Matt you can uh, listen. It'll be the same with uh, Garagas, I think, doing Beyond a Reasonable Doubt with uh, Gary. There'll be other forms of the show will come up. I'm just going to step back, try to free up my schedule a little bit, take care of some projects, pay some bills, go on the road, do all that. And then, God willing, there will be some reformation of of this and some of the other podcasts um, coming coming sooner than later but uh at this point i don't know matt and i were kind of talking about it on the phone i think of it as a tv series that has uh had its run gonna have a hiatus and then um probably come back in a slightly different form a new season yeah so we'll mix things up a little bit but now in the meantime i'll i'll work with bill and and the team here and come up with some uh some some new content ideas and some things like that so we will we'll figure something out on an automotive note um it was crazy first off i i've been driving big v8s in this city for years and I kind of forgot about mileage. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I would just fill up these big V8s or these big tanks and, um, you know, the, the gauge would say you're good for 400 miles and I was dry for 400 miles and, you know, four days later I'd be filling up again. Uh, so I turned in the Lincoln, the big SUV, big heavy SUV. Yeah. V8. And I, uh, I decide, well, before I get my next car, 
I'll just drive my uh, daughter's little Mercedes around because uh, insanely she got a car before she got a license and it's just <laughs> sitting around. So I'm like, that's eh, a cute little Mercedes. And I don't know if it's the C-Class. It's it's the lower end Mercedes. Yeah, I think it's a C-Class. But it's nice. Um, it's a couple years, couple years old. Probably got a four-banger in it. I, I guess. I haven't even – I'm so out of it. I haven't like looked into what it yeah. has. I, it wasn't new. It was – It was. but I don't know if it's a V6 or a four-cylinder. I don't know either. Honestly, I don't know either. I, I, I saw it like once into the dark. I didn't even see it, what it was. It's, it's, pretty sure it's it was semi-gutless, a- but I also realized – my drive is just freeways and PCH, and I'm just sitting in traffic. And the it'll time be perfect anyway. for Natalia. Yeah, right. It's it's modern enough. It's new enough. Safe yeah. enough. Not not hard to handle. Like it's easy to drive. So I'm driving. So I'm driving. I'm putting on a lot of mileage these days because I'm going in between here and Malibu and back all the time. Yeah, and, airport. And- <laughs> I'm all I'm all over the place. And so I'm driving. I'm driving Natalia's car, and I and I get in. So I'm like, lock in, lock Crescenta, drive over here, drive to Malibu, and I I look down at the at the gauge. The you know here's how many miles you have left before you run out. And it's 329 or something, and like I drive out here, I drive out to Malibu. Like I'm coming out here again. And I'm looking down at the gauge. It's like no, oh, it's 327. You know, and I'm <laughs> like, I've been driving the shit out of this car, and I'm in the same place yeah. you know and and i go it's at some point after going to malibu and back two times i'm like this gauge is busted this <laughs> this it's you know i'm calling it a gauge but the tripo meter that yeah. said i had 329 a hundred miles ago is now saying 327 or something on it i'm like this is insane and i'm starting to freak out because now I think I'm running – I'm on the freeway, but I think I'm on fumes because the gauge isn't moving or whatever. Yeah. But you got to look at the gas gauge and you see it's still plenty Yeah, full. but I I do, but the gas gauge is just um, – that's digital, and I'm somehow thinking they're connected. Okay. And and both of them aren't, regist- aren't registering right. So I literally – Get off! I, I I get off the exit. I go I go to the gas station. I'm like, this can't be right. I, I got to fill this thing up, and I go to fill it up. It takes five gallons, and I'm like, oh, this thing's accurate. <laughs> I, I I'm driving this car yeah. all over. And by the way, it's you know it's not a Tercel. It's it's a Mercedes. It's not a Prius. It's just a four banger, but the fucking mileage isn't. And insane. your freeway miles, like you're just—it's not like you're doing ninety on the freeway. It's like with this right. traffic, you're just cruising at sixty in that sweet spot, mileage-wise. Yes. It is crazy, yeah. The difference, and now, and then I was sort of like, "Oh, I get it. This is why people want this." And for me, even though gas is expensive in California, it was never really about money. It was about having to pull over and fill up, right? Like so, so often. So I. I get the high mileage cars and also the horsepower. It's like, I, I, I don't, I don't know when I use it. Uh, honestly, I'm just sort of driving up the four Oh five behind somebody and getting off on sunset, following cars down to PCH. Yeah. Like I, there's no place. I don't need it. It's, it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I drive a, a very low horsepower car, 
I, I notice it with my driving style, my my left turn, you know, beating traffic, my, you know, merging into on the freeway. Like there's there's, I'm a, I guess I'm a, a bit more aggressive, and I use that horsepower. You know, <laughs> you know what I think is going on as I as I just think about it. So like I'm like driving this little pea shooter all over the place. They're comfortable. It's fine. Haven't got the phone hooked into the Bluetooth yet, just because I'm an idiot. But but anyway, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I know it doesn't have horsepower. I don't know where's Ben. Ben, what is a 2020 Mercedes C Class have for a power plant? It's not pumping out a lot of horsepower. Yeah, I can tell. But when I get on it. It goes pretty good. And I was thinking to myself, now, back in the day when you drive some four-banger around that was down on horsepower and you'd punch it, this can't be right, 250. Well, there's a there's a there's an AMG version. Yeah, no. I, right, yeah. So no, it's a two-liter two liter four-cylinder that was two. That sounds 50. too much. 255? No. Well, no. Maybe, 255. maybe it's got a little pep. That's... Oh, well, so... <laughs> Maybe I'm shitting on my own point, but when I get into it, it, it goes. Like yeah. it, it goes. And and back in the day, when you drive around a four banger, you'd punch it and be like, uh, uh, but you wouldn't really go anywhere, just kind yeah. of make a noise. And you know, I realized we're always talking about torque and horsepower and everything. I think it's gearing. I think this well, thing turbo ha- sizing and and ECU programming and and yes, you know. all of that, but gearing too because. Yeah. People used to drive around three, four-speed automatics, right? And so now you, you get eight, nine, ten-speed. You're going up. <laughs> you're going up the grapevine, and you punch it. It just doesn't do anything. Like, right? right. It, yeah. it, it, it'll it'll kick down a gear, but not real. I mean, it kicks down a gear, but doesn't really do anything. I think the transmission, all these seven, eight, nine, ten to Chevy have yeah. I think all of that, of course is making a much more linear power band and yeah. and and grabbing the right gear gets you going so much faster than it than it did back in the day. Yeah. That the same 200 horsepower was just felt much better with a 7 speed or an 8 speed. I think this thing probably has a 7 speed automatic yeah, than it did be. with a 4 speed. Yeah. Be, yeah, it, the four speed, the four and the five for such a long time. Oh, the million years of fours and fives. I, I mean, conversely, I've been driving the exact opposite. I've been driving the Ford Raptor R, <laughs> which is the V8 supercharged engine from the Shelby GT3 uh, 500, mm-hmm. 700 horsepower truck. And I needed to haul a bunch of stuff down to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um uh, like like a forklift, like a pallet. I hauled eleven hundred pounds in the back of the truck uh, down there, and um, with a ten speed transmission, and it handles the weight fine, and it's comfortable, and it's you know, and it's big, and it, you know, it's got all the nice stuff in it. Uh, I think I averaged about eleven point nine miles per gallon on my little trip. And then around town, having fun with the truck and hitting it at the stoplights, uh, 
probably about 7.9 <laughs> miles per gallon. And I went to fill it up. And, you know, out here, they're, they, I don't know, they ding your credit card or something like that or your ATM mm-hmm. card and they, 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 they kind of cut you off after a certain amount. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was pretty low on gas after the trip. You know, I don't know. It was like 20 or 30-mile range left on the on mm-hmm. the computer that you were talking about. Um, I put $125 into that fuel tank and then before it Stopped. cut me off and three-quarters of a tank. I, I mm. It holds 30 gallons. Mm. And I didn't get thirty gallons. It it would every bit of one hundred and fifty bucks to fill that thing up. Jesus um, Christ! And that's gas has gone down a buck twenty five. Yeah. Now I put the ninety one octane because I didn't want to drive the supercharged truck and be like, hey, I'm going to feed eighty seven and fuck up that engine. But yeah, <laughs> or, or whatever. Plus, you wanted the power. But yeah, reminds um, me of the time. <laughs> I think it's we're fun. I think we're driving through Texas on our way back to the airport to drop off the rental car and Mike wanted to fill it up at the gas station outside of the airport to not get dinged for the surcharge at the rental place. And he pulled over and he was filling up the car. It was, you know, seven thirty in the morning. We're catching our first flight out, blah, blah, blah. And Mike's like, Mike's in the, Mike's like bitching and moaning. Like this is Texas. I thought gas was cheap here. Yeah. What the fuck? He's putting ninety three in it or whatever. <laughs> like, it's a it's a Toyota Camry. Yeah, it's like, a rental. Mike, you're returning the car in eight blocks, and you just filled it up with high octane. When this car doesn't even <laughs> want high octane, you pay another buck twenty five a gallon. Yeah, for it. Yeah, seems like hmm. only yesterday. Seems like it seems right. like a Mike. Seems kind of like a Mike move. Speaking of Mike's, we'll talk to Mike Shank of Meyer Shank uh, Racing. Um. Let me hit O'Reilly real quick. Love these guys. Always used O'Reilly. God, I think I used to use the one. There was one up on Foothill, even back in the day when I would rent a house in La Crescenta. I'd always be up there getting parts for my Zuzu Trooper or my uh, first-gen Toyota Supra. It's O Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts, and you can shop in-store or online. You can get points, rewards, and they'll send them straight to your phone or your inbox. You can get two, three, even four times bonus points on select purchases, and uh, that'll go toward your next, uh, right to your account, so you get your next reward uh, even faster. Receive a $5 reward for every 150 O Rewards points, so you get it. You got some incentive to hit O'Reilly and get those points. And if you already have the uh, O rewards, if you're already a member and you're not receiving your rewards, we'll just add your mail, your email, I should say, or your mobile phone number, and you get a $10 reward for updating your existing account. So you sign up. It's easy. It's quick at O'ReillyAuto.com, or you can do it in store. As we're uh, waiting for Mike, there's a little off uh off topic, uh, not car related, but um, yeah, we'll bring Mike in. But we just launched our Drink Bravago website. We have our hard seltzer that you can go and try out. It's at drinkbravago.com. The podcast listeners could be the beta testers. Let me know how you like the product, the website, and any issues. Send us a, an email. It's it's better than the White Claw. That much I will promise you. All right. So let's see. Mike Where's, Shank, how Mike are Shank you? Mike Shank has joined us, Mike. <laughs> Hey guys, how you doing? Doing all right. How are you? Good, good. 
glad we were able to get together here. Congratulations on the Daytona win. Thank you. Yeah, it was a big, uh, big day for us. We all met at the debut of that car in, uh, I guess, Monterey a few months ago, and uh, yeah. it, kicked, it kicked ass immediately. <laughs> so that's great. How much did you guys win the race by? Uh, three seconds. Oh, really? God. Yeah, they're top five cars were all in the lead lap and none of us thought we would finish to be honest with you so it is you know what people need to understand it's been stated here on the show before but you know when you talk to guys like dan gurney and i've interviewed dan gurney and you're talking about winning lamar you know 24 hour type endurance races you had to drive the car in such a fashion that the car would last uh, yep. You know, Gurney was talking about at the end of the Mulsanne straight, like not braking, just downshifting and letting the car kind of coast and having the Ferrari pass him every time. And you just couldn't drive a car at 10 tenths for yeah. 24 hours. Parts would break. You'd be out of the race. So it was a kind of a thing where a sprint was very intense because you're driving 10 tenths. But now we're taking that sprint intensity and spreading it over 24 hours, which has to be insane for everyone participating. The stress level because of that is through the roof. And remember, this is the first year we've ever had uh, hybrid power, electric, introduced to our gas engines, right? And we all had tons of issues in testing leading up to it. And uh, the intensity of the push is unbelievable. I mean, it's, you know, I look at it as we, we pit, I think, 32 times, 32 pit stops. And in between everyone's just a little 30, uh, you know, 55 minute sprint race. It's like and you push as hard as you can. You have a gun to your throat. Um, no room for No, we didn't go to the garage one time. Uh, we had some problems, but we were able to fix it right on the on the uh on the pit lane. And uh, I've done 18 of these in a row. We've won it three times and it, uh, it never is easier. It's always harder to be honest with you because of the competition. There's a heck of a, a learning curve and rolling the dice on reliability. When you're rolling out a new car like this, not just a new car, but new technology with the hybrid uh, uh, powertrain as well. Why do you, why do you think it worked? <laughs> I mean, you talked about testing it yeah. not really working, and it seemed to work. I watched a lot of the race, and it worked. Well, you know, this is a motorsports show you're on right here. You guys are all motorheads, and I'll tell you, the motor that HPD Honda's racing arm built is a 2.4-liter V6. We uh, shipped it 10,000. Uh, that motor is a little piece of artwork, and it's it was it's brand new. They dyno tested it extensively in Southern California there before we got our hands on it. I believe it's one of the leading reasons why we were so competitive with both Acura's. We Acura finished one two in that race. Uh, the car is built by a French company called Orica, and they did a hell of a job of aerodynamics and packaging. And our car is super light, which means we can put lead where we want for handling advantages, which is a big advantage. And um, there's just the right combination of right things. We never got to do a 24-hour test like Porsche did with Penske and a BMW did. We never got to do that. So we literally just we, – we got on pole. We were on pole, and we just took off. And we just we kept running. I don't, I don't know why, but we kept running. Yeah, the lead, um, I'm guessing – is, I mean, just to sort of uh, dumb it down for some of our listeners, you know, I'll make up a number, but each car cannot weigh more than 
2,200 pounds. So right. now, if you can get your chassis and your whole thing to come in at 2,100 pounds, then you're going to add 100 pounds of lead, but you're going to add the weight where you want it. And yeah. that's going to be a pretty big advantage. What kind yeah, of what yeah, Adam? Think yeah. think about on your Trans Am car. I mean, like that car is sensitive to weight placement, right? Like where you put it really changes how the car's balanced through all these corners. You know, absolutely. Did, <laughs> yeah. uh, I wish I was good enough to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I I do. Uh, what what kind of gas mileage did you with the hybrid system? Did and that's a big part of it too in endurance yeah. racing. What did you average? Well, so we picked up. In terms of, they call it energy now because we're very woke, okay? And um, <laughs> so we call it energy consumption. Compared to last year, which is a pure gas engine, we could go approximately 20 to 25 minutes more on every stint. So wow. the electricity helped. The electricity helped. So in term, I mean, it was probably a mile to a mile and a half per gallon more because of the energy assist we had from electric. So it, it's not BS. It's not shit. It's, it's real. And it, it helps. Well, you were saying that you're out there doing 55 minutes in between refuels. Yeah. Yep. So you add not you didn't add to 55 minutes, but you added 20 or 25 minutes to the stint out there. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. You were yeah. running so we were, 30 minute refuels last time. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. 43 minutes, something like if I'm being exact, but uh, it, it, it extended it. It surprisingly extended it, actually. So does the hybrid portion of this was this just for fuel economy in the sense does it do anything to the power or is it is yes it, it is so think about what we all refer to as turbo lag in any turbo motor almost anything you've driven even a modern car has some kind of lag down low right it's just an inherent inertia thing when you're spinning turbos up they take a second to get the power delivered with hybrid power we can take that electric, whatever, let's call it 50 horsepower of electric. We can add that in the power band anywhere we want. We're getting down in the dirt here, guys. But we can we can change how that power is delivered across the band, right? So we can make up that little bit of hole we have at low RPM. So, for example, Adam, you know the corner coming on to Long Beach uh, front straight, that tight hairpin? Oh, yeah. I've been cut off there many, many times by assholes dive bombing. Even though it was explained explicitly, do not dive bomb not on the driver's meeting term. Find the line, get out clean, and you'll be going eight miles an hour faster at the end of shoreline. But no, nobody listens. Yes. Well, we, you can see that on YouTube. You get nailed, too. So that's good. <laughs> Uh, we can fill that gap in when you come out of that real low first gear pole. We can fill that power in electric. So, yes, the electric is a useful tool for us and very relevant to our world. You know? wh where is the motor? Is it all-wheel drive or is the motor like on the transmission and it's still real-wheel drive? When you say motor, you mean motor. I mean the, the electric motor, right. yeah, not, not the right. gas engine. They call it the MGU. The hybrid unit is in the bell housing and it connects directly to the input shaft. So it's oh. all rear-wheel addition. Okay. All rear yeah. wheel. Because we, some of the street cars that we're seeing, uh, you've driven as well, like the Acura NSX, we talk about yeah. having that gas engine turbocharged and, you know, kind of like off the line, those electric motors fill the gap. In the case of the NSX, there's electric motors powering the front wheels, gets that car moving, fills in that turbo lag gap. And when that engine catches up, it's, it's hauling ass. So. And I'm, uh, I'm guessing that, I'm guessing the 2.4 V6 is a twin turbo. Yes, twin turbo, 35 millimeter turbos. Wow! What kind it, of what yeah, kind of power beautiful. does that engine make? 
Well, I think they limit him. As per our rules, we have to be no more than 700 horsepower all combined, gas and electric. So we're at a little over 600, somewhere over 600 on gas. I'm guessing. They don't tell me these numbers. I'm not allowed to know. Hmm. Um, so, so, but, but I think at our, you know, Daytona, they turn us down because they don't want us going over 200 at Daytona. Mm-hmm. So they turn us back up when we go to Sebring uh, a week and a half from now. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's around 700, ideally. Yeah, because Sebring's not. I mean, it's a it's an airport, so you're not you don't come off the bank and get right. slingshotted but, out onto it straight away. Well, speaking of endurance racing, uh, Lamar, what is it? The hundredth year coming up this yeah, year right, yeah. be a pretty yeah. good year to come back to Lamar. Any any thoughts on that? Well, man, I tell you, we're not going to be able to make it this year uh, in 23. None of the Honda or Acuras are, but we're certainly hoping to be there in 24 and 5. I got, I was lucky enough to run that race as a team in 2016 in the second tier class called P2. So we were going for our class when we finished ninth there. It's a, it's an incredible, what an incredible uh, place to be. It, it really reminds me of Indianapolis, actually, the whole feeling of it. And um, it's where we all want to, you know, us winning three Rolex 24s is great, but we, we also want to add that to it. And with this car that we run, we can go for the overall win now, which is mm-hmm. the big important thing yeah. for us. And it looks like, I mean, you've got a hell of a team that I, I was I was almost positive you were going to make a run for Lamar this year after that outing at Daytona with Elio, yeah. Simon, Tom, and Colin. I mean, that's a hell of a package. And, you know, what you guys did at Daytona um to be to repeat that at at Lamar would be fascinating it would be it would be great <laughs> this is we just we're, this car is so new we didn't really knew, know what we had we you'd had to plan for this a while ago if we were going and we just and, and corporately Honda and Acura weren't ready to commit to it until we got a little more comfortable with the package which i i signed on to i agreed with uh it just happened to turn out we got a badass fast car so, so yeah with with IndyCar uh, gearing up to, to start again pretty soon. We got Ilio and Simon, um, Simon yeah. Pagano and Ilio Castroneves. But yeah. uh, uh, you got to have some thoughts on Tom and Colin. Well, listen, Tom Bloomquist is a guy that nobody knows, especially here in the U.S. really. Last year, you know, we won the championship with him, so he, he started creeping onto the map. We tested him in our IndyCar, actually, in October of 22, just as a thank you for doing a great job. He was incredibly fast in it. Going forward, it's possible we could definitely look at Tom coming to IndyCar. It's not not done deal or anything, but uh, and Colin now is brand new to me this year, and he's doing a great job. So we got a great combo there. And of course, at Indy this year, I got two of the coolest veterans out there. And uh, you know, Elio. I mean, you think about what Elio has an opportunity to do to win five Indy 500s this year, and he is so good at Indy at that speedway. He's got some mojo that is really unmistakable and uh, and I love being a part and we want to be a part of him winning fifth that's never been done that's that's earth history right yeah and we're going to try to help him you know and it you know it should be stated that uh Elio and Simon are two of the nicest dudes you ever want to hang out with as well I yeah. mean it just it just helps yeah when you have to spend a lot of time and a lot of intense situations with people and these guys are just a couple of big black labs you know tails always <laughs> wagon it's, yeah. it, they're not chihuahuas and chihuahuas are fine when they're on your lap and you're watching tv but yeah, when yeah. the shit goes down like it does in your sport because of the intensity and the longevity and everything else it's just nice to have good dudes, right? 
Elio is a gift for us from a from a corporate standpoint and all of our sponsors. I mean, literally, usually you just have to turn away and walk away from him. He just won't stop talking, right? Yeah. He just will not. Yeah. And I mean he'll you know, he won dancing with the stars a few years. You know that, Adam. Yeah, and sure. uh, and he's actually probably more known in the households from that, to be honest. But he'll dance with you. I mean, he he just He's one of those people that light up a room and you just hang on and get good stories. And he's got a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we needed him. We we're a young IndyCar team and we needed some experience. And uh, he was absolutely the right fit for us. And it changed my life forever winning in the Indianapolis 500, you know. I'm reading here that you joined Peter Gregg back in the day and did some endurance racing. But I never drove. I, you I, seem I, too I, young I for that. I'm a little too young for that, but I certainly know who he is and his legacy. And all I, that. I think the note is winning three straight oh, times. Joining Peter Gregg. Uh, yeah, Peter Perfect. Yeah. And in, in yep. winning. Oh, okay. All right. I guess you can interpret yeah, so, it that uh, way. Yeah, we, we, we've won three of them, and, and Elio has won three in a row, Rolex 24. Yeah. So now he's really – he's done four Indy 500s and three – I mean, this guy is – He's walking into the Tom Brady zone, right? Like in Mickelson zone. And, you yeah. know, like he really is in our world, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's past your Peter Greggs and your even your Dan Gurney's. And yeah. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I, uh, what's Elio and Lamar? Is there any history there? I mean, never. He's never done it. He's dying to do it. You know, he's, I think Elio's 48 this year. I think. And so, you know, he is feeling some pressure uh, to get some things done here. Yeah, We'll I mean, see how that goes. Yeah. He's driving He's driving for me at Sebring. So he'll join Colin and Tom in our car at Sebring. I, I've, I, I get to hang out with Simon every now and then. Um, uh, and I know uh, Simon is similar, just like wants to be able to try things, yeah. wants to do Lamar again at some point and, and just continue to – be challenged and experiment a little and and he seems to be so happy with uh where he is with you guys right now because you guys give him an opportunity to to do these these things and uh hey you know and win a a daytona 24 in the process yeah he's won two now simon's won two in a row so i'm i'm proud of that you know yeah if if elio ever gets a win at uh then that's it. There, he's the goat. There's no. I mean, Adam, what, like, he's like an egot almost. Yeah, 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 yeah right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised you actually knew that one. That was fantastic. Yeah, you, you know yeah, who yeah. said he was going to get an egot? This is for Matt. Yeah, because Matt loved Miami Vice when he was 14. Oh, no. oh yeah, I love it now. <laughs> yeah, that Tubbs or that guy. Yeah, he was. The- <laughs> he he announced he was going to get an egot because he. You had a TV show. He yeah. dropped a record. He announced, that's the kiss of death. Yeah. Just let the so EGOT come to you. You can't announce it. Do not announce. <laughs> you can't announce it. Okay. You're going to get an EGOT. That is a sure right. sign you're well, not going to get Well, Mike can announce one. it for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to hex him for sure. Well, Elio, you know, he's... He, you would, you could arguably say he's the most successful driver ever now, but people may argue with you. I don't know, sure. but you get that Lamar win, and there's, there's no more arguments. I, I would, you agree. know, he was, he, he was also very, very close to doing the Daytona 500 this year. That almost oh, happened. really? It, he, he backed out at the last minute, which was a good decision, I think, for him at the time. But 
I mean, he's very aggressive. He runs. He's also doing that SRX series of uh, Tony Stewart's. That's he right. does that in the summer in between stuff. Just to, and he does well on that. And that's dirt. Yeah. And I it's just, I just talked with Ron Caps about drag racing and how Tony Stewart is the new kid on the block because Tony yeah. Stewart's going out in a in a top fuel dragster now. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's great for the sport and it gets a lot of attention, and he's having a great time. But uh, you know, you're right. But Tony Stewart is another one that you know needs to be on the dirt and then on the pavement, and now drag racing. And but Cap said years ago because he would race in the dirt with Tony Stewart for fun, charity events, and all kinds of stuff. And Tony Stewart's like, I'm never getting in that drag race car. And he kept trying to get him <laughs> in a car, and he's like, I'm never going to do it. And now he's doing it. Ron's another nice guy, he by is the way. a sweetheart of a guy. 29 years yep. racing, and then he put together his own team and won a championship. Is Sebring <laughs> in a couple of weeks, you say? It is. It is. It's in two weeks. Uh, we tested there two weeks ago. Just to, you know, We hadn't had the car there, so we ran a couple days. That went really well. Those cars are just – our cars are just wicked fast around that place. And you know how bumpy it is. It's terrible. Well, that was, and, that's uh, what I was going to ask. You must have to do a lot of – suspension and and or chassis work when you go from a place like daytona to sebring tons everything is different so we're just you know trying to keep the car off the ground to get compliancy over the bumps and you're you know turn 17 and turn one of the last turn and the first turn are the key to the whole lap and they are really fast and really bumpy and And, uh, yeah how much is it relying on data from the year before and the year before versus any changes in the track now uh, it's all it's all about the track hasn't changed a whole lot to be honest with you. So it's we we do take the data from before we go to the seven post shaker rig where we shake the car with different uh, shock absorber settings and all kinds of things to try to find solutions for those incredible bumps they have. And they're different bumps. They're not bumps like at Long Beach, right? They're they're just totally different to themselves. Now, what do you do when, like this year, they've repaved Monterey? Now you're going to go yeah. out, and the data doesn't really help you that much, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't. So uh, we're we're going to take our best shot at it in simulation. So we do a lot of simulation stuff before we get there, and bring the grip level up some, and see what it does to our balance, and then adjust from there. So we'll have set up A, B, and C, and be ready to do. And then we'll be pre-fit that we can just swap them real quick in the pit lane and try a couple things. But you're right. Uh, Laguna got paved, and so did Road America got paved this year. So, is Laguna, Are they done with Laguna? I don't know. Are they? <laughs> I was told they were. I was told, yeah. Oh, yeah. really? I mean, Monterey was yeah. rushed to get it ready for the season. In the offseason, they needed to get it done. But I don't know, between our weather and the rain and oh, right. you know, between everything else. But I, is, it, is it more exciting to, to get on a fresh track like that? I mean, maybe – as a team owner and as a driver, you have different opinions. <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel it is a little exciting actually, because yeah. you don't know, everybody's kind of reset. And so how good are you really? And quick in the real world, how quick can you adapt to this? We all know which direction it goes and we know the elevation changes and all that, but I think it's a good exercise and you got to be prepared, you know? Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, you're talking about, Hey, we're, you go up and run Monterey, the historics again, what does a fresh track mean? Not just to yep. you, but uh, that dive bomber. <laughs> I, was, I was turning exquisitely slow times in my Datsun 510 last time we were there, but I was able to blame it on the track. <laughs> that's right. It needs to be repaved. Now, that's, that's what we heard. The 14 cars that finished ahead of me were on the same track, so that's tougher to explain, yeah. but I'm still sticking with my story, right. which is I was told that track is slow. 
and uh, it showed in my lap times on the Datsun 510. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, looking forward to going back there and checking it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also looking forward to uh, to Long Beach. Um, well, hoping to uh, come by, say hi, catch up with you guys, and and see everybody again. And uh, yeah, uh, maybe we could chat again as uh, Long Beach gets a little bit closer. But that's always just a fun. I mean, th- they're already starting construction. I think they're fifty days out, and uh, Jim McCallion's like, "Here we are, day one, getting everything ready." Yeah. Drifting and, yeah. the, and the trophy trucks uh, trophy and, the, trucks. and, uh, and all, the, all the crazy stuff that they do out there. It's a hell of an event. Like what they put on for two weeks is, is Yeah, what's that, middle, the, middle of April, end of April? What's yeah, it usually? April, it's usually April, uh, mid-April. Yeah. yeah. Mid-April. Uh, Mike Shank, uh, thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us today. And uh, good, good luck at uh, Sebring. Love to, to come and see your uh, your Paul Newman collection time t- sometime out. Well, you'll you'll come in for Long Beach, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, when you come in for Long Beach, just uh, carve out a little time, and uh, you know we're probably forty five minutes from uh, Long okay. Beach. Yeah, and, we'd love uh, to show you around. Scoot on love by, and we'll give it. you a, we'll give you a tour. Love to see it. I appreciate you guys. Anything you need, let me know. I appreciate Let's it. Let's make so much, it a Mike. date. Mike Shank, uh, Meyer Shank right, Racing. Boys. Thank you very Thank you much. Did. Thank you, guys. All right. That was uh, fun and informative. Yeah, they. Uh, but just a wonderful, dominant outing out there at, uh, at, at Daytona. It was exciting to see that race. And, it won man, by three seconds. Uh, but just an exciting race the whole time. And you're right. There was a point where they were having – I think they were having Simon – pull back a little to conserve fuel. So they had him kind of give up the lead for, for a minute, and then they had to earn it back. And it was just, just a hell of a strategy. I mean, I told you. By that whole team. Maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, or I can't remember. But the 24 hours of Daytona, I'm going to say two years ago, maybe three. I can't remember. Like two years ago. It, it was down the last lap. There was a Ferrari probably a 488 and a GT3 Porsche, mm-hmm. just bumper to bumper, wheel to wheel, trading, scraping, you know, running over rumble strips. Yeah. It was the last lap of the race, the yeah. 24-hour race. Like, it was 24 hours, and that was not enough to put, I don't think, a full second between – a full second between the and the thing that's kind of crazy is it was a Ferrari and a Porsche, two you know very different cars right, yeah. from an architecture and design and everything standpoint. Like maybe if it was two GT3s and they're exactly prepared the same or right. something. Nope, just the Ferrari and the and the Porsche, and I can't even remember which one won. I mean, they're like banging on each other, and it's like oh now there's a half lap. He's tucked the inside. He's hung a wheel on the dirt. Like it's the last rat. It was raced like a one-lap sprint race. Yeah. It's insane. The last lap of, uh, of NASCAR, the Daytona race, was just, was, was just a carnage fest. Oh, who, who won that one? I didn't even see. Um, yeah, I'm, having a, I'm having a blank right now. All right. Uh, I don't remember who, but uh, uh, it was exciting to see the end. I mean, it was, it was a little uneventful because there were so many – they had to go into overtime. There's so many crashes, and it's just pile-ups and stuff, but uh, interesting. All right. Well, we will uh, wrap it here. Um, again, you can uh, keep on with uh, Goldberg and Matt 
and uh, we will be we'll keep you posted and we'll keep doing car events and stuff like that and you know keep keep it out there on social media and shooting it and all that kind of stuff so take a i'm taking a little hiatus but uh matt's still the motorator and uh, you can go to adamcroll.com. There's live shows coming up. I'm coming to uh, Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club in Vegas. I think that's March 9th, as I, uh, as I think. And then I'm coming all over the country. I was trying to figure out Sebring because I'm going to be in Naples, Florida. which I have no <laughs> idea how far that is from Sebring. But I'm like, I'm going to be there. When is that? Take so, Mike with you. Just go Take to August. Go to mcurl.com <laughs> for all that. What do you got, Matt? Uh, just a you know reminder, drinkbravago.com. Love for you guys to check it out. So, till next time, Adam Carolla for Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couple's retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows. Available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.